Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Second Take Sports Podcast. Again, if you're enjoying our content, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, give us a follow on Spotify and TikTok. And um, yeah, we'll be posting every every Monday and every Wednesday and on our YouTube channel almost daily with content. So hit us up uh, and give us a follow. And whether or not you like our stuff, whether or not you agree with us, uh, I'm talking to you, Justin Herbert fans. Uh, give us a follow anyway. It's going to be good stuff. So today we are going to talk about the NFL power rankings, the most exciting segment on the Second Take podcast, because one person can screw over the other. So it's a joint power rankings. Again, the rules go as follows. If Ryan selects somebody for our honorable mention, and I had them in my top five, boo-hoo to me, because they are off the table. So as soon as a spot and a team is selected, they are off the table for the other person. And speaking of which, Ryan, you have the first pick, the most important pick in the power rankings, the honorable mention. Who is your honorable mention this week for the NFL power rankings? My honorable mention, who got cut out of the top five. It's a dropper, not a riser. Mm. And my dropper is the Buffalo Bills okay. to number six just outside. The Buffalo Bills had a weird loss to the Jaguars. I think part of the reason this happened was the Jags played in London last week, and they stayed in London the whole week, and they were just there waiting for the Bills. The Bills had to travel to London. Maybe that affected some things. Regardless, though, they still lost. But at the same time, they're still third in scoring and fifth in defense. But the inconsistency of this team may be something to watch going forward. But they definitely have the talent. Yeah, you know, I don't agree with that. I actually, or I mean, I don't hate that take. I actually had them out of my power rankings completely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't hate that take. They, uh, they, they showed up flat the first half, maybe had some jet lag. I don't know. Whatever excuse you want to make for them since they're playing in London. The biggest reason why I think they dropped was their injuries that happened to White and oh, I can't remember the other person's name. Defensive linemen. Also, they have a corner out. They lost two of their best defensive players um, last game, and I think that's more impactful than necessarily losing to the Jaguars. And that is a big reason why they dropped uh, for me was the injuries, which kind of sucks because they had one of the better defenses and one of the best offenses. And now their defense is definitely suspect to vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, do want to add they did, even though they did lose some very important pieces on defense, no argument there. They were able to bring Von Miller back last week as well, get him a little bit of playing action. So he'll be able to come back more and more throughout the year. He's been very impactful for them, and his time there is just a pass rusher uh, specialist. And I think he'll help make up for a little bit of the losses, especially because he'll be able to get to the quarterback, get some pressure, make him throw it a little earlier. But regardless, this team, like you said, defensive side of the ball, is probably the biggest side to watch for this team moving forward. Yeah, it's one of those uh, one step forward, two steps back type of deals as far as the roster is concerned. Hopefully, um, 
they can figure things out on that side of the ball because I think it's going to just be more and more difficult from here on out. So not mad at that take. I actually had them number seven, I guess. Not even on the list, but uh, moving was on your, to my, What? Quick question. Was your six a riser or a faller? My six was a riser. They didn't even play. And they were a riser. Oh, I think I know who it was. Is it um, they would have been Seattle. Okay, okay. Seattle would have been my number six. I'm not ballsy enough to put them number five now that you took that <laughs> spot away. But we're going to put Kansas City at number five. Ooh. Bumped up from last week. Um, you know, I think this is mostly a, re- a repositioning because the Bills lost and they lost two important defenders. I don't have any reason to bump them up outside of the fact that another team performed significantly worse and lost two valuable players. So they're the Chiefs, right? They got Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league, have arguably the best head coach. Um, they just still have suspect playmakers. I mean, I, you could barely name them. If they weren't in the Chiefs uniform, getting balls thrown to them by Patrick Mahomes, would they be in the league? I'm not sure. And uh, their defense is still a bright spot. So nothing's really changed for me on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why I bumped them up to number five and not any higher than that because I've yet to see an impactful win out of that team. So, Okay. You're a lot lower on the Chiefs than I am. are still pretty low on the Chiefs. I had them third in my own ranking. So we're going with number five for our list. Um, this team, the defense still looks good. Nothing there has changed. And I think their offense, well, it hasn't been what we're used to i think it's being a little undervalued i mean they're still ninth overall in offense and they only scored under 20 points once all their other games they've been 20 or above which i think is still pretty solid i mean most teams in the nfl there's a lot of bottom half of the teams don't even get that but mahomes is still there kind of reminds me like the patriots with tom brady in some years their offense might not look amazing at times but they have the best quarterback in the nfl and they have won four games in a row after losing by one in the first week i just don't think well this team hasn't looked super dominant or anything i they also don't look like they're scrubs um they haven't looked super weak against any opponent i know they haven't played a powerhouse team yet but that's just kind of what i'm thinking at this moment yeah you know when they won against the jaguars I'm kind of made a prediction that they would rip off five or six wins in a row because of who they're playing, right? They played the Jags, the Bears, the Jets, and the Vikings. The NFL is the NFL. You got to give credit where credit is due. They won those games. They took care of business. They haven't been really challenged since the Detroit game. Let's be honest. So that's why I have them coming in at number five. Just because... The one loss they have is against a quality team, and arguably if Travis Kelsey was healthy, maybe it goes a different way. Uh, but they haven't really played anybody, and they're going to play the Broncos Thursday night. Still nobody. Uh, the Chargers, some sort of a test. That might be the the first kind of measuring stick game uh, of where this team's offense really is, even though the Chargers have a terrible defense. Um, so in my opinion, they have the Broncos, Chargers, and the Broncos coming up the next three weeks. So back-to-back Bronco games, pretty much. They're not going to get tested till uh, 
November 5th against the Dolphins. So I, I just don't read into much of these wins because of the caliber competition they're playing. Yeah, that's fair. And they'll definitely get a chance as they go on. I don't think the Broncos games will be necessarily close. I'm sure the Chargers game will be close. They always play the Chargers close. But, you know, this team's probably just going to continue to win. And then, as you mentioned, later in the year, we will really get a chance to see who they really are when they get to play some of these higher-level competition teams. I honestly, too, feel like the schedule this year has really played out this way for a lot of the top teams we have on our list. The beginning of their schedule has been really easy. But then you start looking later in the year, you got the teams like the 49ers, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the like the Bills. They're all starting to play each other that second half of the season after week 10. And it's just going to turn into a bloodbath at that point. I'd argue, though, out of all the teams that are in this elite caliber group, maybe outside of. Well, no, I'd say that they probably have the weakest second half, even though it's a challenging second half with the games against the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Bills, right? Um, the Bengals late in the season because the Bengals are finally turning things on. But like the Eagles, man, they have five weeks in a row where they play dang oh. near the entire power rankings list. The top so, 10 in the NFL, they're just going to be hammered. Yeah, they're just going to be week after week. They're playing every – you go down the line against, okay, number one, number two, number three – ranking pretty much so if you're the chiefs you kind of lucked out this year on the schedule in comparison to the elites of the nfl agreed so who do you have now at your number four now that i took away the chiefs so my number four i'm going with the detroit lions there you go yeah at number four the first appearance on our power rankings list 100 deserve to be here so their offense this year, fourth best offense so far, 15th best defense, but that's much improved from last year when they were one of the worst. So that's been a big reason for their improvement. Um, they only have that one loss to Seattle in a close game. They've beating teams they should beat, but their schedule has been better than some of these top teams. They beat uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They beat the Packers, Kansas City. They lost to Seattle. So they've had a solid schedule so far. And... Right. The the biggest reason, though, I had them four and maybe not higher than some of the other teams, specifically the number three team, was, well, their offense, I think, can compete with almost any of these teams. I don't think I don't know how their defense will fare against some of the elite offenses like the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Eagles. That's still a little bit of a question, but this team has been great this year and really fun to watch. So did you, or where did you originally have them? At five. Because yeah, I had the Dolphins at four. Big reason why is because they had the head-to-head against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Right? I think both these teams kind of comparable in ways. Uh, outside of that, the Detroit's had better wins than Kansas City, at least more convincing. And they beat them on their own home field. So the, the Lions are the feel-good story. We had a segment about them on Sunday. Jared Goff, redemption, you know, going to talk to talk about him a little bit later on in the podcast. But I do think the Detroit Lions, man, they can make some noise They're, I think they're firmly in number three in the NFC right now with competition. Obviously, you know, the Seahawks and the Cowboys are also uh, in that mix, but neither of those teams are going to win their division. So, uh 
it's look things are looking good in Detroit. I don't want to jinx it now. You know what I mean? Because Detroit's still Detroit, right? In my entire life, they've always sucked, but they're proving a lot of people right and proving a lot of people wrong. So it's exciting to see them finally break into the top five. Oh yeah, cannot disagree. It's good to see a team that sucked for so long be decent. Really good redemption story for Jared Goff after being kind of a throwaway or forgotten piece going away from the Rams, coming to Detroit, having a great season last year, picking up where he left off again this year. He's been a big reason, I think, for their resurgence, uh, along with Dan Campbell, their head coach. Just exciting to watch young team. They're going to be here for, I believe, the next couple of seasons. Exactly. My only gripe is, uh, you know, let's get them on some more primetime games. They got a lot of 11 a.m. games this year. So true. So let's get them on more primetime because they are fun to watch. <clears throat> okay, now coming in at my number three, I don't think this is much of a surprise. We are going to go with the F- Miami Dolphins. Uh, best offense in the NFL. Uh, explosive. They definitely bounced back in a strong way la- uh, last week after <clears throat> getting completely dismantled by the Bills. Um, but that just goes to show that on any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody in the NFL. Um, but Tua, you know, had kind of a rough game through a couple of interceptions that he probably. Shouldn't have, you know, a couple of just errant mistakes. And they didn't play like a, a super elite caliber team in the, the Giants. But win's a win. They won convincingly. And they are firmly at my number three right now. Yeah, I originally had them at number four coming in. We overall in the collab have them at number three. Still have an elite offense, no question about that. They're currently first in the NFL in rushing. Over 180 yards per game. It's been the best part of that offense so far. They've really added that. Uh, Too bad for them. Their rookie, uh, Devon A-Chain, is going to be out for the next couple weeks, it looks like, with a knee injury. Um, They still have Mostert, though. And, you know, they beat the Giants. They're supposed to beat the Giants. Uh, You know, the, the Giants, they're not very good. Still killing these weak teams with bad offenses. Uh, the defense still something to watch. I really want to see them play another good team after what happened to Buffalo because I feel like they're capable than more. They are capable of doing more than what we saw them do in Buffalo, and I just I want to I want to see that before I could put them you know in a tier one type of level. I agree. I do definitely think there's separation um, right around here. Uh, they will. They're playing the Panthers this week, which you know, that shouldn't be close. The following week on prime time, they play the Philadelphia Eagles. So ah, there we go. That'll probably be their next measuring t- stick, their next opportunity to either jump or fall in these power rankings. Um, but explosive offense, uh, they're beating teams that they should be. The only concern was against the Bills. They really didn't show up. They'll have another bite at the apple there. Um, so, and to be honest, if you're talking between them and the bills, the bills have the health issues right now. And that's why I would probably lean towards 
Miami just take that division just because of the recent injuries. I know it sucks to bring that up and bring that into consideration, but that's just how it is, right, in the NFL. So I am not mad at them being number three. Um, but who is your – I think we all know who number two is and number one, but who's your number two? Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles keep winning. Their defense starting to look a little bit better um, as time goes on compared to especially where they started uh, at the beginning of the year. And the thing I like about this team is they're going to be battle-tested by the end of the year. They're going to, they've been able to True. prove that they can handle late-game situations. They can perform under the pressure. They can win close games, kind of the same thing I mentioned last week. And they look like they're just as... You know, they're starting to get back on track, starting to feel more like this team from last year, um, even though they're not quite there yet, but they're going to get a chance to prove themselves. So like you mentioned, they have a gauntlet of a schedule where they're going to play all the top teams in the NFL in like five or six weeks in a row. So this team is going to get every chance to prove who they are. Yeah, they I mean, they keep winning. They're one of two undefeated teams in the NFL right now. But it, things are going to look like you're saying. Things are going to get tough. They play the Jets, the Dolphins, the Commanders. None of which those games are like gimmies. All of those teams play hard, have shown up. The Commanders play them really well really well for whatever reason. You know? Then they have, rival. they have that primetime matchup with the Cowboys, the Chiefs. They have the hardest schedule in the NFL. It's not even close. From this point on, the easiest game they play is New York, the Giants, because it's a division. But outside of that, bro, they've got the Cowboys twice, San Francisco, Kansas City, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the, you know, did they play? Then the Bills. So it's like they play literally everybody on the power rankings pretty much. Outside of Detroit. Yeah, they don't play Detroit. <clears throat> but out of all the teams, they have the most likelihood to jump the San Francisco 49ers in the power rankings because they have, they could build up the resume to do so. Yeah, especially uh, if they keep winning. I mean, and no no surprise there, the number one team on the power rankings. Yeah, well done. San Francisco. Everybody knows it. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at what this team did last week or, you know, their last game against the Cowboys. It hasn't felt like they've been truly challenged yet. They always have the lead. They always play with the lead. Second in offense, first in defense. Easy favorite so far. And so there's the lose right now. For sure. Yeah. Is there any area of concern that you have for these top two teams? Is there any weakness? Is there anything that you notice that could potentially derail their season. My biggest weakness for the Eagles is just their youth and maybe an experience that they've added to their team. After losing a bunch of guys, a bunch of vets, they replaced them with young draft picks, which is a good thing for their future, and it bodes really well. But once this team gets into these big-time matchups and these playoff situations, we'll really see what comes through, what comes to light, if they're able to show up and shine in those moments. And I guess the same thing could be said about, about Brock Purdy. He's just going to be an unknown on how he is in the playoffs. 
Um, even though this team is baller, he's been amazing. They have all the weapons in the world. He'll get all the opportunity to show what he has, and he'll probably he has one of the easier chances just because of how much they have around him. But you know, we still have to see how he performs in these high stakes situations, and it's mostly just because it's an unknown right now. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Philadelphia Eagles. There, um, <clears throat> people have just not even tried to run the ball against them. It's a big advantage because they arguably have the best offensive and maybe defensive line in the NFL. You know, their line is if if you took the line, the O and defensive line, and you made it one unit, they'd probably have the best one in the NFL. Yeah. Um, that's a big advantage. So teams aren't even trying to run the ball against them. Uh, and that's probably why the youth at corner is getting exposed a little bit more than we probably would see on other teams because their defensive line is so effective. Um, we'll see whether or not that comes to bite them in like the Miami game when you got a playmaker like Tyreek Hill. They haven't really... I mean, they... They handled the Rams pretty well with a, a receiving core that is one of the better receiving cores in the NFL, right? But they haven't seen a, a unit like the Dolphins. They haven't seen a unit like the 49ers yet. So we'll see whether or not their pass defense can hold up. My biggest concern for San Francisco might be at first a little shocking, but it's Christian McCaffrey. And I'll tell okay. you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. He's averaging 25 touches per game. Christian McCaffrey does not have the best injury history. You know what I mean? So, if anything, I would like to see them lean on a little bit more of their secondary or tertiary playmakers like Brandon Ayuk, you know, their other running backs in the stable to salvage McCaffrey for later on in the year. That's my only worry is if McCaffrey goes down, this team is definitely not the juggernaut that they are right now. So I, I'm just a little bit nervous with the amount of workload he has and his, and his injury history. I 100% agree with that. I think it can be easy to get carried away by using Christian McCaffrey too much just because he's so good at everything he does as a running back. Catch the ball, runs inside, runs outside. I mean, he could return if you really wanted him to. He's a pretty solid blocker for a running back. Um, another issue I have with the 49ers, I guess, is at some point in the year, I would like to see them play some close games or have a game where maybe they come from behind and win just so they're battle-tested by the time the playoffs come. I feel like a lot of times when teams just go dominate easy breezy all the way through the regular season, once they get to the postseason, that's usually what ends up being the death of them as they play one close game and it's over with. So not saying they need to obviously play their best every game and go out there and give it their best, but they'll get a chance to play the Eagles and the Cowboys. So if they can win some of these close games the confidence in this team will just go absolutely through the roof and it it's already up there. So, okay. Yeah. yeah I agree there with, uh, your take on the 49ers there. There is something to be said to be able to get punched in the face and respond. Right. 
they have not even gotten a hit landed on them yet so far. They have some matchups coming up, uh, so hopefully we'll be able to see a close game out of them. But for now, they're just boat roasting everybody, and they're the best team in football, hands down. So Not even close. Well, that's it for our power ranking segment. Let us know uh, if you have any concerns about the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers or any other team that we have on our power rankings list. Comment down below and make sure that you check out our YouTube channel for more edited content later. So anyway, now we're going to move on to one of the spicier segments of the second take podcast. It's the would you rather segment where we basically go head to head position by position. And this week we are going to have Jared Goff as our subject matter. Would you rather Jared Goff edition starting it all off with somebody that has not looked so good lately with the mighty Dak Prescott? If you are a franchise picking a quarterback, who would you rather have? Yeah, so let's look at take a look at these guys real quick. They both have similar completion percentages, Jared Goff and Dak Prescott, both around 65%. And even their all-time yards and touchdown to interception ratio is almost the same right very similar about 2700 yards both Dak has 171 touchdowns 69 picks golf has 164 touchdowns 73 picks and they're both picked in the same draft so i think this was fair to compare in this way for these two um the only thing it feels like accolades wise a golf has on Dak is he's been to the super bowl and Dak has not and to be fair, I feel like Dak's teams have been more talented and they're always thought of to be better than the teams that Jared Goff has been on, even when Goff was on the Rams for the most part. Um, and for example, just look at this year, the Lions were not expected to be as good or even on the same levels as the Cowboys on paper, but look where both teams stand today, right? And the Dallas offense looks worse than the than the Detroit offense, and that starts with the quarterback. So overall, I decided to go with Jared Goff. Um, with the edge, I just like how he's been playing recently, and I think he's shown a little bit more success for winning in his career than Dak Prescott. I 100% agree with you. Right, the common denominator. They Same draft class, same completion percentage, similar touchdown-interception ratio. Similar talent level teams when he was in L.A. compared to Dallas, right? The one difference maker is this year and this year alone. The Detroit Lions have not had any problems on the offensive side of the football. And Dallas, that is their only question mark. So Dak Prescott is having the worst year of his career. And Jared Goff is having the best one of his career with arguably less talent especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I know he doesn't play defense, but a big part of quarterback success is where they get the ball positioned on the field. Turnovers are a big thing. Field position, you know what I mean? Because if you're starting every possession at the 50-yard line, you're going to score more than someone that has to take it out of the end zone every time they get the ball. 
Jared Goff just looks like a more competent quarterback this year. This year, it's not even close. It's 11 touchdowns to five. It's 253 to 212. It's 70% to like 60%. And it's a 104 rating to 84. So this year, it's not even close. And I think that's what's going to be the difference maker between this one. So I'm rolling with Jared Goff like you. And just to add to what you said, I also think Jared Goff was better last year. I thought Jared Goff had a super good season last year. The Lions have one of the top offenses, one of the worst defenses, which is why they weren't able to make that playoff push at the end of the year, even though they got hot. So I think it's even been more than just this year for Jared Goff. Really, the last two years, he's elevated his status a lot as a QB, and he's looked better than Dak really ever has. Yep, I 100% agree. So Jared Goff over Dak Prescott. Give me Jared Goff every day of the week. So another one. This one, we're not going to go with him yet. We're going to go with a different okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to go with Kirk Cousins out of the Minnesota Vikings. Who would you rather have between these two quarterbacks? Yeah, this one was very close uh, for me. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a little bit better QBR throughout his career than Jared Goff. Um, completion percentage a little bit more higher. Uh, he almost always has Kirk Cousins a 4,000-yard passing season. Um, Jared Goff's kind of been a little on and off with that. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't had much success in the playoffs. Um, I think the best they've ever done is won a playoff game. Well, Goff does have that Super Bowl appearance. But Kirk Cousins, I would say, just even just watching them play, I think he's more talented than Jared Goff just naturally as a thrower. Um, so I give Kirk Cousins right now the slight edge. I would go with Kirk Cousins. But I will say, if Goff keeps playing the way he has been the last two years, watch out for Jared Goff. Because if he adds a little bit more of that consistent consistency of showing what he is, I think he could pass Kirk Cousins pretty, sh- pretty soon. He's kind of on the... Kind of just biting at his hips, I feel like, at, or at, at his heels at the moment. Um, you know, and I'm trying to avoid some recency bias here because the Vikings have got off to a bad start. Kirk, Kirk Cousins has been having a pretty good year. 13 touchdowns, 4 picks, 1,500 yards. So today, if I'm picking someone today, I'm going with a slight edge to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Kirk Cousins is a little bit more talented than Jared Goff. Jared Goff can easily overtake Kirk Cousins, though, in a head-to-head in a few years from now. Um, mostly because playoff success matters to me. And while Jared Goff has had more, I don't. it's to be argued whether or not that was, you know, due to him or being on that Rams team. Um, so I'm taking Kirk Cousins in a coin toss selection pretty much here. They're very similar. I think if you put Kirk Cousins on Detroit, similar things would happen. Um, but I think Kirk Cousins has just been able to produce more consistently, at least statistic-wise. I mean, he's made careers for Jefferson and Diggs, two talented, most of the talented receivers in the NFL. Uh, you know, Jared Goff's not really had a caliber level playmaker of that level, you know what I mean, in his career. But I think he has arguably had this year crazy run game, one of the best tight ends in the NFL 
at a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, Amon St. Brown's no scrub. So I would take Kirk Cousins in a coin toss selection. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, give it, like you said, give it two years. We might be talking about Jared Goff, uh, especially depending on how this Detroit team does once the postseason comes. If they make one of those magical runs, it will be because of Jared Goff, and he will deserve to get his flowers. Yeah, I agree. And another one that I think is very comparable is Geno Smith, somebody that had a bumpy first start to his career and has recently taken off with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, the last two years, Geno Smith had a very high completion percentage, around 69% last year and this year, Um, 63% in his career, so dropping down from his time with the Jets. Um, He didn't have a good start to his NFL career. He threw 21 interceptions as a rookie. Uh, but he's been able to revamp his career in Seattle. I mean, I remember after that first Denver game, he had that crazy quote of how, you know, everyone wrote him off, but he didn't write himself off, and everyone kind of made fun of him. I mean, look <laughs> at where he is now. He's really continued to prove people wrong. But honestly, I'm still going with Jared Goff when it comes down to it because he has had the more consistent career. They've been in the league about the same amount of time, maybe Smith a little longer. And even early in his career, um, when Jared Goff came in, he was still a starter with the Rams. And he was always thought to be the better player. Geno Smith has only really had that argument to be on his level since last year and this year. So that's why I'm going with Jared Goff. I agree. I think Geno Smith, you know, he's had a good year and a half in his career. And then outside of that, not much to write home about. Whereas Jared Goff has had success pretty much everywhere he's been. Whether it's the caliber of success that you're shooting for is to remain to be seen. There's a reason why he got traded out of L.A. But Jared Goff has had more success than Geno Smith over the course of his career, even though he's played less seasons. So um, I'm going with Jared Goff as well. Now for the final and most spicy. The second take spicy section of the week. We got Jared Goff head-to-head against Matthew Stafford, the person that they traded for. Man, this one, has, this one has a lot to unpack right here. So Matthew Stafford has played a lot longer than Jared Goff. So yes, all of true. his stats, all of his stats across the board are better. They're just going to be. When you played that long as a starting QB, he has a little bit lower QB rating. Uh, but he does have, Matthew Stafford has 240-plus yard like touchdown seasons and a 5,000 yard season which Jared Goff doesn't have he does consistently throw more picks throughout each NFL season Matthew Stafford always almost all every year he's in double digits pushing 15 probably the biggest knock on Matthew Stafford but he did play with the Lions really bad Lions for a long time um but I mean he did win a Super Bowl with a team that didn't think Jared Goff was the guy. And to be fair to Jared Goff, they did also add Von Miller and OBJ, which they didn't have before. But the Rams still didn't think he was that guy. So they brought in someone who they thought was. And, you know, his team was never good in Detroit in 12 seasons. They made three playoff appearances. Jared Goff will get to the playoffs this year with the Detroit Lions. 
And I don't feel like I have a good answer for this because if I'm going with someone today, right now, I want Jared Goff because yep. Matthew Stafford hasn't been I so agree. great recently. But if I'm going over just based on their careers, I'd rather have Matthew Stafford because of his top-end elite talent. It depends on the question you ask. I 100% agree with you. If you're going for some, if you're going with a quarterback for this season and this season only, taking Jared Goff, mm-hmm. and for the future, to be honest, because Matthew Stafford's, you know, he's close to being done. He's 35, I think. If I'm talking peak, there's no question I'm taking Matthew Stafford. Right. If I'm, I'm taking peak Matthew Stafford over peak Jared Goff, even though we might arguably not have seen peak Jared Goff yet, I would probably still take Matthew Stafford. Um, so I don't know. For the sake of the fact that Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl, I'll just give him the respect that, okay, I'll go with Matthew Stafford. But really, though, if I'm starting a team right now, or for this season, or for next season, you got to go with current-day Jared Goff over current-day Matthew Stafford. So it really depends on the question you ask there. I know it's a that's kind of a scapegoat answer, but I know. I'm sticking with it. I Because uh, ever since they won the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford just feels like he's getting a little worse every year, starting to go on that downhill you know, tra- trajectory. Um you know, talent's starting to go away a little bit. He's still a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. Just not quite the same dude. And Jared Goff has been on the rise. His stock's going up. He's playing better. He's getting better. Like you said, maybe entering his prime, maybe getting closer to his peak. So today, 100% agree. Give me Jared Goff. And like I said, career, Matthew Stafford. Call it good just because I would love to see prime Matthew Stafford with that elite talent around him that he never got in Detroit besides Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that would be disgusting, I think. But uh, it is funny because they they play two different styles of football, right? Jared Goff and Dak Prescott and even Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith, they all kind of play more calculated. I think Kirk Cousins slings the ball around a little bit more than those other three. But Jared Goff's more of a calculated, make-the-right-play type of quarterback. Matthew Stafford is a gunslinger. The guy snaps the ball, and he's either going to throw an 80-yard touchdown pass or pick six. You know what I mean? He's got that craziness about him. He's got crazy arm strength, arm talent. Everybody raves about his arm talent, right? But decision-making, I'd argue Jared Goff probably has a little bit better decision-making. Um so it's fun to compare because they're two t- completely different quarterbacks. One has more talent, quote unquote, in Matthew Stafford, but one, you know, turns the ball over significantly less, probably makes better decisions more consistently. So, yeah, that is our segment on Jared Goff. Let us know what you think. Who would you rather have between Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, or Geno Smith? Um, by the end of the year, maybe it won't be close. We'll see. Anyway, until next time, we'll see you again Monday. Out.